Recreation, which is literally the best name we could think of for what will surely be the greatest podcast in the history of recorded media. I'm Nora Katz. And I'm Jill Poskander. We're transatlantic friends and TV junkies with passion for writing, politics, and breakfast food. Not we necessarily in it. that order. We yeah, that's true. Not it. necessarily in that order. Talked we over me already. Through. This partnership isn't going to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> Yoko Ono in the band. No, wait, what, I can't Yoko Ono. If there are two, there has to be a, at least a third person. Yeah, we have to have a third party for that. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm doing the equivalent of some person leaving the band dramatically. Oh, okay. I'm a TV Just, person. In the first 30 seconds, you're leaving the band. Yeah, I'm a TV person, so I can't think of like a real world music counterpoint. <laughs> Just embarrassing. Yeah, that's fair. That's, okay. that's fair. Um, awesome. So today we're talking about season one, episode one, the pilot of Parks and Recreation. Um, it aired on April 9th. 2009 um written by greg daniels and mike sure and directed by greg daniels 2009 what were you doing in 2009 what was i doing in 2009 high school enjoying the first months of the obama administration oh god that's what i was doing what (laughs) what a beautiful time we were blessed to live through and i think that in watching this beautiful triumphant show we can relive the glory days of both the obama administration and a happier more hopeful era in american history yeah that's true that's that's well said thank you um <laughs> it was off the top of my head so i'm just i'm just that oh my I'm, gosh i it, it's almost like you had written that down i had it in some other life and then remembered it <laughs> i just want credit where credit is due i hadn't written that down a lot of the stuff i say i probably wrote down before <laughs> because i have um, great thoughts. so Our little synopsis of the episode is ripped from IMDb, so shout out. Um, In an attempt to beautify her town, Leslie Nope takes on the seemingly simple job of helping turn an abandoned construction pit into a park. That sounds like a a series-long ambition. Let's read on. It's it's almost like that could describe, like, what ended up being, like, seven years of television. I mean, I guess we'll find out, because that brings us to a good point, which is that this is a spoiler-free podcast. So if you're oh, yeah, a first-time watcher of Parks and Recreation, um, you can follow along and not be worried that we're going to like talk about the point where actually like it merges with Game of Thrones and people start dying like episode by episode, which is season six. Yeah, Don't that's worry about true. that. That's true. Um, and if you, like us, are longtime Parks and Rec fans, um, watch along with us and listen along to us anyway because you can relive um, the glory days with us. Um, should we talk through, like, sort of what happens in the episode? Yeah, so, yeah, I think we should summarize it so people who didn't want to take the time to go onto Netflix, which is where we're watching these episodes, by the way, so shout out to Netflix, what a great streaming app and website. Hashtag not sponsored, hashtag sponsored. Yeah, Netflix, we love you, and if you love us, you should sponsor us. (laughs) I imagine that's what you guys sit around thinking about. Like, what podcast should we sponsor today? You know those chicks who did Literary Starbucks? I bet those guys have a good one. I'm sure. Great. Um, I, hear they're, I hear they're real weirdos, though. <laughs> one of them is cool, and the other one isn't. You guys have to decide which is which. Uh, anyway. It's, it's like a gay interactive. Yeah, yeah we, um, keep, we keep you guys on your toes. We start out with Amy Poehler doing this amazing, like, survey with this little kid. And she does her, like, little kid voice. I loved that when she, her like voice gets higher as she's like trying to like talk to the child. I think a theme of this podcast is going to be, then Amy Poehler did something that was beautiful and perfect and we're going to talk about it for 20 minutes. Um, I that's love the her. theme of my life. Yeah, that's like my day to day. 
I like wake yeah. up in the morning and I'm like, what would Amy Poehler do? And then I try to do it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, also, the little girl who she does the survey with um, did some voices in Inside Out. So wait, what voices? It, it she's just credited as like additional voices. Okay, like, I was gonna right say she's not. No, she she's not like Riley or anybody, but she she did once, once again share, share the screen with Ms. Polar. Oh, I so. thought Amy Polar was an Inside Out. Amy <laughs> Polar was like the main person. <laughs> to me, the main person in Inside Out is like Pete Doctor, who isn't in it but directed it and like wrote it and like did everything. Like, I don't know. I'm a huge Pixar nut, but this isn't a Pixar podcast, so we're not going to talk about that. It could be. You never know. Oh man, don't tempt me. Um, okay, so <laughs> yes, Leslie Nope um, introduces herself. Interviews a small child at the park about how the child likes the parks, which you can imagine a four-year-old is real susceptible to government interviews. Um, and then she gets to perform her great government duty um, while talking about how great government is by knocking a junk out of the slide who had fallen asleep down there. And that's... So good. That's the teaser. Amazing. I love her quote when she goes, it's a great time to be a woman in politics. Hillary Clinton, Sarah Palin, me, Nancy Pelosi. I wrote the same quote down, so props. Um, <laughs> um, that is the moment I died a little bit inside, though, when she said that. Like, I know, I know. The thing it made me think of is that like photo that just came out of Sarah Palin, Ted Nugent, and Kid Rock in the White House. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Why would you say those names together? Oh my, I'm so sorry, Dude. but like our our current quote unquote president invited them, <laughs> and Sarah brought Ted and Kid Rock. And they, the three of them took a picture in front of Hillary's official White House portrait, like, making, like, stupid faces. And I was like, it literally made, I, like, had to step away from my computer and, like, compose myself. It was awful. I think it's really great was like, that Sarah Palin took the time out of her really important reality TV show life to pretend that she still has any influence on politics. Like, good for her. Oh, my God. Um... Oh, anyway, garbage. in a different universe, garbage. in a different universe, we both cited that line and we were like, "Isn't it cool how Leslie Nope predicted the future and Hillary Clinton's president?" I'd like to go to that timeline, please. Let's continue. After, I know. Um, so then, so I'm watching this on Netflix, and here's my the opposite of a call out or a shout out. So this is a call out post for Netflix. Um, Netflix offered the chance for me to skip the intro of Parks and Recreation, and I need to oh my listen. God, boo, no. I know. I want to listen to the triumphant music um, so I can feel something in my cold, dead heart. So thanks, Netflix. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that. I want to listen to it every <laughs> fucking time. Although I will say, I did notice that button recently in watching Gilmore Girls, and I did take advantage of it several times. I never did that with Gilmore Girls until, like, season seven which I watched three episodes of. Um, sorry, Gilmore Girls. I really wanted to get to the revival because I felt like I was the only person in the world who hadn't seen it. But oh, I, I like still the, haven't seen it. If so. you're out on the road, it was great. Feeling lonely and, and so cold. cold. Wrong show, Dora. Sorry, <laughs> Carol King is my favorite, and if you ever bring up anything that has to do with her, I'll have to go on a tangent. I think that her most underrated song is Chicken Soup with Rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred and ten percent serious. I'm not, that wasn't any. There was not even a little bit of sarcasm in that sentence. Oh my um, god! Seriously, amazing. I love that song. Um, so then, after the teaser, we come back, um, and it's Leslie at a Parks and Recreation Department meeting with her boss Ron Swanson um, and Tom Haverford and April Ludgate and two other as yet unnamed people who aren't in the theme song. Yep. Great. Yep. Um, who are basically extras in this episode. I mean, who knows if, if their roles will expand. 
uh, at the moment. Who knows? Don't. But I just do need to comment that one of them is wearing a particularly terrible wig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, again, I just want to remind my co-host this is a spoiler-free zone. So there's a, <laughs> Ron is talking about how there's a community meeting this evening. Um, Leslie's pumped about it. She volunteers to run it, and then Tom is forcibly volunteered to join her. Um, and then they go together to go to the auditorium, and the doors are locked, which is a great feat. Also, speaking of hair, Aziz Ansari has a tiny little boy haircut in this episode, and I just, it brought me joy. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good segue into mentioning, um, like, character introductions for anybody who's in the theme song. So that makes sure everyone's keeping track of the important people. Yes, true. Um, so, obviously, Amy Poehler is Leslie Nope. She's our co-tag. You can follow her throughout her exciting governmental journey. Um, and Aziz Ansari is Tom Haverford. Um, he's Leslie's secretary, I believe. No, he's not. He's just like an, he's like r- a random staffer. I don't think he his works job in her gets office, really fleshed though. out. He for works a like while. in her office. Yeah, he's 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 under Leslie in some capacity. Yeah. Okay. Um, and those are the only two main characters we have really spent a lot of time with yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, great. Anything you'd like to add? What's going on at this point in the episode? Um, no, I just really love the high school auditorium when the lights are going out. That's amazing. That's really great, yeah. Um, she's trying to yeah. run the meeting and there's slowly, slowly, everything goes down. <laughs> she's just a metaphor. It's a beautiful metaphor. Um, so they move to a brightly lit classroom and then the first of many small spoiler, um, amazing citizen of Pawnee montage is, begins. Um, many colorful citizens get up and comment on the things that are most important to them as Leslie stoically sits through all of it with a smile on her face, which is amazing. So I can't good. do that for two minutes in real life, and the fact that she just does it for, like, every day of her life is just truly inspirational, and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, a great moment when one of the guys goes, is complaining about the police arresting him again. <laughs> Segue starts with, but the head of the police is a ninth-degree mason, and then it immediately, like, smash cuts to somebody else. No, my favorite citizen complaint is um, the character Barry, who's actually played by Loudon Wainwright, who's the father of the singer Rufus Wainwright. Anyway, he his complaint is, I have a few things I want to say about Laura Lynn. <laughs> and Leslie cuts him off with like the like erstwhile patience of someone who's like heard these before. She's like, yeah, 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 we know. Laura Lenny was underneath in love, actually. Let's continue. <laughs> but she was. Oh, just like a quick shout out to Loudon Wainwright's most famous song, which is called Dead Skunk. And it's literally a song about a dead skunk in the middle of the road. And it is what Bob Dylan would have written if he grew up where I grew up. Wow, that's, that's so, such a detailed go, go description. Go look up that song because it is. Do you think that that's. What you'd expect. That that's whatever the word is that means we can play it legally on our podcast? Because if so, I think it should be our new intro music. Um, also, I want to <laughs> shout out to a truly iconic line that happens here which is leslie talking head in the middle of her being yelled at and she comments what i hear when i'm being yelled at is people caring loudly at me that is like one of the best lines of like the whole series yeah and what a great like so sums up yeah definitive character beat like that's something that like the pilot does so brilliantly well and i'm going to talk about my favorite moment later on um example of that but they just immediately define so many of their characters just perfectly in like little sound bites like that, like spoken by yeah. the characters, which is so great. Like, I feel like sometimes shows and then in real life people rely on like 
kind of secondhand accounts of what people are like. And these characters speak about what matters to them, which is really great because that also is part of who they are. And I think it's really, I think it's really wonderful that we get these beats this early on. Like just a mark of yeah. a masterful piece of writing. Let's continue. <laughs> Thanks, Mike and Greg. We love you. Oh gosh, Mike and Greg. <laughs> Just you see, I, and I wrote this down somewhere. Like when you're watching, like the intro to a show, and it says written by Greg Daniels and Michael Sher, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> I'm about to watch something that's better than anything else I'm going to do in my life. Let's, let's continue. <laughs> this truly, truly, truly amazing. So what happens next? Um, well, readers, we meet Rashida Jones, aka Ann Perkins, and um, you know she's going to be important because if you remember, she was in the theme song. Haha. Also, yeah. she's played by Rashida Jones, and she was on The Office, and like, and, that who, is and only... who worked? Who worked on The Office? Sorry, was, who worked on The Office? Was it maybe Greg Daniels and Michael Sher? You know, it might have been. Might have been. I'd, I'd have to look that up. I don't. I definitely don't <laughs> let me know that fact check that on IMDb real quick. <laughs> um. So yeah, Anne gets up um, and she says a line that gets her a bunch of applause from the citizens of Pawnee. Which sets the stage for this town, which is frankly, I don't really care for politics. Leslie's face and just drops. I, that like made me so angry because I do like Anne is an important character, but like I hate it when people say that, like especially now when people are like, I don't want to get political or like I don't really like like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because everything is political. Like the personal is political. Every choice that you make in your life has to do with politics. And like pretending that politics doesn't affect you is just naive and idiotic. Flip so side like of right that, off the bat, I was really annoyed with Anne. Flip side of that argument is that understanding viewpoints like this is a step closer to preventing mishaps like the election of twenty sixteen from happening again. Okay, yeah, that's fair, yeah. but like really I see what I'm you're saying. I just, therefore, I just yeah. want everyone to get on like to get on board the Nora train. With I don't know what, what person or character I am. We all hope that we're certain characters and probably realistically we're less cool characters <laughs> i feel like the character i am actually has not shown up yet so that's a spoiler anyway Anne gets up um oh really yeah i can see that yeah i have good news for you nora but i'll tell you later <laughs> anyway um there's an abandoned pit next to Anne's house and her boyfriend fell in and broke both of his legs which i feel like might be a great visual gag moving forward but let's listen on um, and then Tom, in an amazing definitive character moment, <laughs> attempts to hit on her, despite the fact that he yes. is apparently married, and despite the fact that she's really not susceptible to that at the moment. Um, and Leslie, true powerhouse, just rumbles right on through that and promises to help, and she's going to put a plank on the land. Amazing. Which is great. The the line where Anne says, like, it's been there for a year, and then, and then Leslie goes, 12 months, yes, go yeah. on. And she, like, does the nod with the closed eyes, and she's, like, so meditative in that moment. I thought that was a really good acting choice. Good job, Amy. Yeah, good job, Amy. Oh, Amy Hello, hears Amy. this and is like, wow, these girls are really obsessed with me. <laughs> That's fine. Hello, Amy. Hi, I'll, Amy. I'll give you my email address later. Thanks for YouTube. existing and making the world a better place. <laughs> I think that the... I was interested in re-watching because I've seen this series so many times and like Leslie deciding to do something about the pit is important because obviously like that's going to be something that they continue to work on potentially. Spoilers. Um, but it seems like she's not deciding to do something about it necessarily because like the project itself is like really what she wants to do but because she sees that like the people in the room are on board. Or that she, she thinks of it and thinks it's going to be something the people in the room are going to be on board with and then 
in the first of many such overestimations she thinks that the people of Pawnee are going to be excited about Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Yeah. My poor daughter. Um, she does say to Anne, it's more than a promise. It's a pinky promise. So good. Which, I don't know, like, I feel like that's, that as, like, a generational thing. Like, I hear that line and I'm like, oh, man, she means it. This is serious business now. It's Do you think that promise. people of different generations don't have that same... I don't know. Like, do the youth now do pinky swears? I don't know what the youth now do. I'm old. I mean, I don't know either, but I'm maybe if you're a youth now listening to this, can you just youth. like tweet at us and tell us if you? Um, yeah, tell us if you pinky, pinky promise, and if you, yeah. and and tell us more importantly, children, what the pinky promise means to you. Thank you. Um, oh anyway, gosh, that's this, is, this just this this just got interactive. That's, <laughs> that's the end of Act One. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you if you notice that, um, you're really excited about TV structure like some of us. Um, and then we come back from commercial break um, to Act Two, which starts kind of explaining Leslie and Tom's relationship. Um, so far, they're I think the two main characters we're most familiar with. Um, although we have met Anne, which seems to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom is pretending to talk to the mayor on the phone, which is a great little character beat for him. Um, <laughs> he mentions he's from South Carolina. To get some background, and um, he suggests. I, I, isn't Aziz Ansari from South Carolina? He is, in fact, yes. That's something cool about Parks does, is a lot of their characters are informed by the actors. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a collaborative experience, which is really cool. Um, so they are talking about how to make this park happen, and Tom says we should ask city council to put up the money, and Leslie has a better counterpoint, which is let's form a committee. And not being a government official, I'm not sure it's really which would be more effective. But they go with Leslie's plan because she's a superior Parks and Rec officer. She suggests bringing on Mark Brandanowitz, which I believe I pronounced right. Yes, um, he did. He's a city planner. Um, and they have a little meeting, and Mark says, is the park likely? No, not at all. Is it possible? No, not at all. And Leslie says, can we make it happen? Wink. For old time's sake. And then they get this great talking head moment where she's like, sometimes things happen, you know? We have slept together. And then it cuts to Mark, and he's like, no. <laughs> oh, my God, wait, yeah. <laughs> it totally happens. Um, <laughs> great, so that's another uh, another theme song, buddy. Mark yes. Paul Schneider. What hmm. happened to him? He was just on Channel Zero. He's a star. Okay, I totally know what that is. Oh, it was cool. Um, <laughs> well, it's a, you know, I, I, this is a Parks and Rec podcast, but if you're interested in reading the copy pasta at Scandal Co., Google that and read it. It'll ruin your life. That's what the show's about. Anyway, uh, what happens next, Laura? <laughs> take us, continue um, taking us on this magical journey. Oh, I would love to continue taking us on this magical journey. Um, they go to Anne's house to serve a Yes, sorry, Anne Perkins. Rashida's. Rashida's. Right, house. Rashida's. And we meet the boyfriend. So, a note about the boyfriend. Um, there's a main cast of this episode, and then all the theme songs. And then there's a guest star who is important enough to be in the theme song with little pictures. And that guest star is Chris Pratt. And his character is Andy Dwyer. And Andy yes. Dwyer fell into a pit and broke both his legs. And guess what, Nora? I was right. It is a great visual gag. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie brings along Tom. 
the Anne's house, along with April Ludgate, their college intern. April, again, theme song watch. She's in the theme song, so we know she's going to be important. She seems, yes, off the bat, truly deeply passionate about her internship. Yeah, she's really into everything that's happening around her. I find April very realistic and relatable. Both this <laughs> and spoiler every point in the series. Like the series, she's just great. Um, so they go, they go out to look at the pit, um, and Leslie has a lot of plans. And Anne had mentioned earlier she felt like this was a photo opportunity for Leslie, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Not really because no one is taking yeah. photos. Yeah, although Leslie until... does grandstand a little bit, like, but not yeah. not in a I need everyone to take photos away, but in a, you guys know that I truly am passionate about this way, and then of course she falls yeah. into the pit, which is another great visual gag. And I was looking, and I can't tell if that's Amy Poehler or not doing that stunt. Oh, it's 100% stunt like double, because at one point, like, the wig that the person is wearing is, like, a drastically different color. Okay, I was gonna say I would not be surprised if Amy Poehler was just down to fall into that pit. But I guess, like, I everyone, mean, I bet, maybe she was like, I'll do it, and everyone else in the world was like, Amy, we literally can't risk you. Like, we would risk anyone else. <laughs> Like, I, the director, will put on a wig and fall before I let you go down to that pit. Like, the world needs yeah. you, Amy. Please. Please, Amy, take off like, the hard hat. Like, unconfirmed, but I think it is a stunt double because it, like, when she's, like, mid-roll, like, the the hair is definitely very yellow. Viewers, yeah. you can go back and watch and yeah. then tweet at us. Can, you, no can you confirm? Yeah. <laughs> Winggate 2017. Um, yeah. So, she falls into the pit. She falls into the pit. She hits her head on, like, a piece of rebar that's sticking out. She does, but the hard hat didn't fall off till after that. Um, and then yep. she did not break her clavicle, but puts an airplane pillow around her neck and duct tapes it and then goes to beg her boss, Ron Swanson, for the pit. Okay, but an amazing line when she's, like, she, like, is on the couch with Andy after she, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, breaks her clavicle and... Uh, Anne says something to her, and then she, like, under her breath goes, honestly, my clavicle is broken. It's, like, I really classic Liz now. Like, She's, I love that so much. Here, actually, I have I have a note about that, and a couple other moments, is that, small spoiler, they're gonna go away from this a little bit, but she does sound very similar to Michael Scott from The Office. Yes. In many beats, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just think that it, she does, I think, turn out to be a little different from Michael Scott, but you can kind of hear yeah. it sometimes that she, like, is sort of inspired by that character. Yeah. And it's moments well, like, honestly, great... my chemicals broke like, under her breath, and um, a couple other moments that I wrote down. That, yeah, well, there's fun. a great <laughs> review of the pilot from the AV Club, like, from when it came out, that we'll put a link to in the description. Oh, great. Um, that's, like, a lot of it is, like, fixated on this comparison between Leslie and Michael Scott because Parks and Rec started out as... It was going to be an office right. spinoff. I've forgotten about that. Um, I did know that. So like, and and that was known before the show came out. So I think a lot of people saw it for the first time like through that lens. Oh, okay. Um, assuming that Leslie was going to be Michael, and so she was like not enough like him, but also too much like him. Yeah, and and, and I think people, they I, so they learned to walk that line like beautifully, and just in the pilot, it it surprised me a couple times. Because having seen the whole series, like, they do go away from that much, much more. And yeah. I really ultimately don't think that they're similar characters. No. Truly. Um, but they they do read a little more similar in the pilot. And that was just sort of something that, like, bumped me. Because it was just surprising. Yeah. Going back yeah. and watching I this. Think I haven't seen the pilot in years. 
Like if you didn't have the have that reference, mm -hmm. you might not notice. But I think that if you like are thinking about that going in, yeah. it would be hard to miss. So yeah. 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 Also, sidebar, um, I think the AV Club is, like, the greatest review website in the entire world. Anytime I watch anything, I Google it on the AV Club's little search bar, and I read everything. They're so good. It. They also do this series so where great. they have um, bands come and, like, cover mm -hmm. really random songs. I have not listened to it, actually. Oh. We'll I'm gonna have to. put a link somewhere, because mm -hmm. it's so good. I read literally, <laughs> anytime I watch a show, I have to read it exactly like this. <laughs> there's a there's one they had they might be giants do tub thumping that's please remember me <laughs> yeah it was gold <laughs> um anyway so lovely big john for the pit yes he doesn't say yes or no but then we get a ron talking head and i feel like this is the first time we really get a sense of who ron swanson is and he has this truly character defining line which is i don't want this parks department to build any parks because i don't believe in government and I think this is just a game changer of a moment. Like, this is, like, this is my favorite moment of the episode. I think it is an amazing character introduction. Just such a foil to Leslie. Everything we've seen, like, up until this point, we haven't realized that this is her bosses. Leslie, who cares so much about government, is working under a man. The only, the only step, she's almost at the top, the one person above her, could not care less about government, could not care less about parks, doesn't want to build any parks. Doesn't believe in government yeah. and thinks parks should be privatized for capitalist endeavors. <laughs> the thing think... with Chuck E. Cheese, I was like, oh, oh my god, god amazing. This is pure garbage. Just amazing. Like, what a brilliant character to have on the show and in this world they've established. Just that moment, like, took my breath away. It was, like, so unexpected and hilarious. Even though, like, I've seen the pilot, but, like, going back, like, the first time watching that was just, like, oh my god. Like, what's he going to do next? Like, I am invested. I just think that was absolutely a favorite moment of the episode. Like, you can just tell this that they already have, like, an idea of who this person is and what it's going to get, like, great moments with him moving forward. Yeah. Anyway, Leslie continues to bother Ron about this park. This series of, like, yes. quick cuts. Um, in the meantime, Tom and April go show off their amazing photography skills to Mark. Um, have billions of pictures of Leslie falling into the pit. And then he sees that, and it inspires him to help her. And he goes to Ron and cashes in at here just for unmentioned, unspecified favor uh, yeah. to get Ron to give lot 48 to Leslie. Yeah. And then Ron approves the subcommittee for their little park. It's exciting. Leslie takes Anne around Pioneer Hall. Um, and on our racist mural counts, if you'd like to follow along at home, um, we have one so far. It's pretty bad. There's going to be a lot more. It's um, pretty bad, yeah. It's, oh my god, I can't imagine being commissioned to paint those. I don't think I could do it. Props <laughs> to them for going for those jokes. Like, I mean, the joke is, like, in no way, that, like, there's nothing funny about, like, the mural, like, what the humor comes from the fact that they're, like, people who take this seriously, and, like, they're clearly on, like, it's a chopping block. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. They just take no prisoners with, like, eviscerating people on the show. Um, and then everyone gets drunk at the celebration for the park. And then the tag of the show, this fancy little TV speak for after act three, or the last act has ended, there's a beat as the credits roll. Um, Ron is talking about how his office represents how much he hates the government, which is, again, truly iconic. Everything Ron Swanson does moving forward is going to be iconic. Prepare yourself for that. Um, but that is the first episode of Fresh and Recreation. That's the, it's called Pilot, appropriately enough. Oh my gosh, amazing. Um, so Jill, what's your favorite moment in the episode? 
Um, as previously mentioned, my favorite moment is Ron's first talking head. I just think that elevates the pilot from very good to truly great for me. Yeah. 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 I just love that. What a great character to have. I can't say that enough times. I just love Ron Swanson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I realized how much I loved Ron Swanson until that moment happened. Like I knew I loved him, but I don't know if I in, like if I had like internalized how much I loved him until he said that just character defining line. I was like, yes, yes, I get to watch seven seasons of this man. <laughs> this podcast is a good um, idea, after all. Um. Parkinick, I think, utilizes the camera crew in the best way I think I've ever seen a show do it, which is just that it's there and it works um, for getting character beats, and it's never really explained or touched upon, and it doesn't, there's no reason for them to be there, but it, it works for, like, internal character monologues, and I just love it. I appreciate that. Yeah, Like, I, I, agree I think it, it works, and they don't go out of their way to try to explain why it's happening. Because in the office, it's, like, important to the plot like it's it's why the plot is happening mm-hmm. and then i feel like some other shows other than these two like don't utilize it in the way that i like as much but i think that parks enough just like that has just doesn't try to explain it and it just is how the world exists and i just appreciate that yeah yeah no i think in the office that was like they mm-hmm. did so much work especially like in the last couple seasons where like Mm-hmm. whole episodes were being driven by the fact that the crew was there um, I, I like that that works for the office i like i'm glad they yeah. didn't go that same route for parks and rec i'm glad they used yeah, it and i'm glad it isn't they don't use it in the same way they use it in the office i appreciate that yes yes well i read somewhere that like the original plan for parks was that um like the connection with the office was going to be that like a photocopier like a used photocopier was purchased by the government of Pawnee, Indiana. Great. And it was the, the photo, the old photocopier from Dunder Mifflin. My favorite moment is like two things. So, oh, so you cheated already. Like, sorry? You cheated already. I know. I okay. did cheat already. It That's what this so is going to be like. I, I have no remorse. Um, <laughs> it's one Leslie line and one Ron line. And okay. Leslie goes, this is where the rubber of government meets the road of actual human beings. And I just feel like that sums up what the Shush series is about. Is like I love it. The inner, the, that sort of like the point of collision mm-hmm. between these like people who are really trying to do their jobs and then these people who like ostensibly are benefiting from this, but they like don't understand it. Um, <laughs> but then Ron sort of like in the tag, done. he's like, he's like talking to the doc crew and he goes, did you guys get a grant to do this? And I... I'm still, th- I like, it makes me laugh so much because it's such like a Ron quote. It's amazing. But I also, um, because I'm like in the museum world, like I have grants on the brain constantly right now because of the work I'm doing. <laughs> I wake I up every like, morning and I'm like, I hope I have a grant to do this. I was like, oh my God. Also, speaking of grants, um, everyone should write letters to their congressmen um, to make sure that in the new budget, the Institute for Museum and Library Services, the uh, National Endowment for the Arts, and the National Endowment for the Humanities continue to be funded. You're trying to get um, them to sponsor you, too? Just by the way. Okay. No, I don't need them to sponsor me. I need them to continue sponsoring our really important cultural I just need them to exist so I can have a job, is what Nora means. Uh, I mean, that is true, <laughs> but like also, I like don't want our world to fall apart. That's, um, that's Yeah, bold. so if you like grants... I like I Ulysses S. Grant. So funny. I wonder who's buried in his tomb. It's him! <laughs> a terrible urban legend. Anyway, 
Um, what a great, not, not at all segue into us uh, talking about our sponsor for this episode. Um, this episode is brought to you by Literary Starbucks, out now from St. Martin's Press. Ever wonder which intricate, elaborately named drinks might be consumed if your favorite authors and characters wandered into a Starbucks? How many pumpkin spice lattes J.K. Rowling would drink? It's rolling. Or if Cormac McCarthy needed caffeine, which latte would be laconic enough? Look no further. Literary Starbucks explores such precious matters with humor and erudition. Set over the course of a single day and replete with puns and satirized literary styles. The book includes illustrations by acclaimed New Yorker cover artist and cartoonist Harry Bliss. We wrote it. Go buy it. Hashtag sponsored. Great job. I, I can feel the capitalism just like pouring down upon us in a gentle rain. Well, they say don't bite the hand that feeds you and we're our own hands. Yeah, that's true. So, so don't bite yourself. Great. That's, I'm glad that we learned. Take it to this. the bank, boys. That one's a quote. <laughs> Yeah, that's it for this week's episode then um check us out at uh, soundcloud.com slash podcast and rec um also on itunes and stitcher hopefully keep your fingers crossed but definitely soundcloud um and just like wherever fine podcasts are sold except this one is not being sold it's free you're welcome um and if you could leave us a review on itunes or like a comment on soundcloud we would love that so much or on twitter yes we are on twitter at podcast and rec yeah um the music for this week's show is courtesy of kevin mcloyd at incompetech.com royalty free you love it follow jill on twitter at ms jill madeline yeah ms jill madeline ms jill madeline um and you can find me at noracast.com and if you have like questions comments business inquiries fun stuff to share anecdotes fan mail, whatever, um, you can shoot us an email at podcastandrec at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, we love you and we like you. Bye. Aww, that was sweet. <laughs>